Well, that's fine as long as you can. Good morning, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Come find a seat. About ready to get started. Still got a few more coming in. Come on and sing with us. I was buried Oh, we won't. 
great that if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to live in that darkness anymore. Amen? Amen. You know, I had someone tell me uh, the week before last, they said, you know, your music's just, it's just too loud and too raucous. You're, you're trying to entertain. Guys, let me tell you, I'm not trying, we are not trying to entertain. You know what we're doing? We're lifting our hearts in excitement to our holy God. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, you should be excited because when He calls your name, you come running out of that grave. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I do thank you for every heart that's in here right now. I thank you for every soul that's represented. But most of all, I thank you for your grace and your power and your majesty that you chose to die for our place in our stead. And you said, whomsoever believeth in you shall not perish. So God, I pray if there's someone here today that does not know you, may this be the day. Be it through song, be it through uh, the patching service, whether it be in the sermon. However, I pray your will to be done this day. And God, those that do, of us here that know you, may we open our hearts and truly allow you to move within us to come in and, and show us those pieces that need to be broken off so that this piece of coal can, can become a diamond. Father, guide us, direct us, and may everything that transpires here today give you all honor, praise, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. 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 Good seeing you this morning. Walk around for just a few minutes and shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. Tell them it's good to see them in God's house today.
It was a little hard to hear the words, but if you didn't, it was called the Black Sheep Boogie, and you'll see why in just a little bit. Amen? Hallelujah is right. Guys, just a few announcements let me touch on. I think we're leaving. Except I, I had my bulletin in my hand. No? I really, truly just had my bulletin in my hand. Ah, it's in my Bible. Gotcha. Anyway, just a few announcements real quick. Um, again, I want to present to you that Ann Montgomery and the youth are putting together the parade float for the Bouvant Parade on March 28th, and she is asking if you have any Lone Star uh, Texas patriotic uh, decorations you would like to donate or let us borrow, please get with Ann to see about doing that so we can decorate our float. Also, too, if you missed the VBS meeting, there's another one coming up on the 15th. The newsletter is out on the front desk out there, but let me remind you, you can get this online if you will get with, with um, uh, either Wendy or with, with Julie and let them know that you would like to receive it online. But if you like a hard copy, there are a few of those out there on the front desk right now for this month. And then also, too, guys, let me share with you this evening at 6 o'clock, we normally have our Bible study. And tonight it would have been Ezekiel chapter 18. However, we were blessed with the opportunity. The Williams, the Williams is, a, is a southern gospel group. I think we got some pictures that are going to put up there. But there's a southern gospel group, the Williamsons, who are singing this morning in San Antonio. They were here last night as well. And they said, you know, our Sunday evening church isn't working out. Is there a church that we could sing at? And, and they, we offered, and they are going to be here this evening. So 6 o'clock tonight, the Williamson will be here. They're award-winning. You can go online and see all the different awards and all, hear some of their music. But I want to encourage you to have a, a great turnout, not just so we can say that there's somebody for them to sing to, but so that you can be blessed as well. You may not normally come to the Bible studies on Sunday evening, but I want to encourage you to come and be a part of this concert this evening. I, I feel very strongly you will be blessed by their music, and you'll leave out of here this evening saying, man, what a great way to end a Sunday. So 6 o'clock this evening is the concert. Come about 5.30, and we'll just have a great time of fellowship one with another. Also, too, before, before we start our next phase of what we're going to do, I just want to, we got a lot of different things going on today. We're blessed with Jenna singing. We got a, a uh, patching that's about to take place. But I want to encourage you to stay and make sure to try to stay throughout the message. And why do I say that? Every Sunday, the message God lays on my heart, I feel, is important, whether it's me or whomever comes behind the pulpit. But God really laid something on my heart this week that I think we need to listen to and adhere to. So please, if you can, stay throughout the service and let's just have a, a great day in God's house. Amen? Amen. Amen. So at this moment, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Matt and I'll put on my other colors. <laughs> yeah. Is it on right here? There you go, flip it up. Hello, hello. <laughs> it works. All right, good morning, church. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matt Gardner, and I'm a local pres- a president of a local chapter of a motorcycle ministry called the Black Sheep Harley Davidsons for Christ. Quick rundown, what you don't know what that is, is every Harley Davidson dealership can sponsor its own riding group, which is kind of like a club. To be a part of that, all you have to do is own a Harley-Davidson and pay your dues. That's it. It's not like a regular motorcycle club where you got to go through prospecting and things like that. Well, a little background is about almost, well, I guess it was 20 years ago, back in 99, a pastor in California named Marty Edwards 
Barter Harley Davidson to uh, have something to do because you know pastors don't do anything except twice a week. So, <clears throat> kidding, I'm kidding, Frank. I love you, brother. Anyway, so he goes to go ride one day, and his bike's got a flat. So he calls the dealership. They send a guy with the truck, and uh, he loads up the bike. And uh, Marty was really the Holy Spirit was impressed on him to share the gospel with him, but he was not used to the biker culture. The guy's got tattoos and. Long hair, throwing F-bombs all over the place, and so he didn't do it. Well, a couple weeks later, he finds out that young man got killed in a motorcycle accident. Somebody pulled left in front of him, and he's gone. So he goes to the dealership, and uh, he goes up to the owner, and says, Hey, I'm a pastor. I'm training grief counseling. Is there anything I can do? And um, the owner of the dealership, We're so messed up right now, you can do whatever the blank you want to do. So he went and started talking to all the employees and, uh, you know, prayed with them and counseled with them and cried with them and um, got to meet some of the people and got to meet some of the hog members as well because obviously we're there getting our bikes worked on and buying new bikes and buying clothes and chrome for the bikes and new bikes and new bikes. and Anyway, um, so they start riding with the hog chapter trying to minister to these guys. And they came to the the realization that there was no other group that was ministered to him. Now, you have lots of fellowship groups in the churches. You have prison groups. You have uh, groups to protect the children, such as Baca and Guardians of the Children. But nobody was concentrating on the hog group. So more and more of the people from the church kept going, and it just evolved into what it is now, which is a worldwide ministry. Um, We've got people now in France, um, I think Canada, China. We're worried about the guy in China for a couple of years. He just dropped off. Couldn't find him. I mean, you know, China's not good for Christians right now. Um, Mexico. We have some new chapters down in Mexico, and it's just growing, and it's just evolving to what it is now. So what brings us here today is um, some more of your members of this church have been called to join with this motorcycle ministry. And so we have uh, David and Don Arnold. Why don't you come on up? And Barry. Mason, you can come on up. And uh, why don't the rest of the thugs come on up too while we're at it? You guys come up here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know how you feel up here by yourself all the time. So the first thing to be a part of this uh, ministry is you need to be called. We don't want people that just want to be there because the, the, it looks really cool with the vest and you like to ride motorcycles. You need to feel called by the Holy Spirit to be a part of this. The HOG membership worldwide is roughly around 2 million people. And that's a pretty good-sized people group. So in case you didn't know, not all missionaries go to foreign countries. These guys are missionaries from your church. Remember that and remember us in your prayers, okay? Okay, now what these guys have to do is we have to go through a 6 to 12 month mentoring process is us getting to know them, them getting to know us, and um, they're learning our ways of doing everything, even if they've been you know, involved in ministries before, there's a certain way that we do stuff, and we just try and get everybody to get on the same page, so we're all doing the same thing. Uh, we watch videos, and we've talked, and we rode, and we prayed, and made sure that this is what they're definitely called to do, because this isn't, isn't for fun. This is a mission. This is work. For instance, yesterday we were out doing a boot shine up at Albert, uh, 
Austin Harley Davidson up there where we're doing boot shines, you know, where we humble ourselves much like Jesus did with the disciples, but, um, you know, we're not cleaning the feet because that's just nasty. Um, so we get to do that, and these great people did wonderful. They prayed with people. We did bite blessings and pray with them and talk to them and just say, hey, you know what? We love you. Jesus loves you too. And that's all we want to do is tell people that we love them. So what we're going to do now is, uh, but before we get started, um, does any of you guys have like a, a quick testimony that you want to give to? All right, you didn't get the joke. Never mind. They didn't get the memo. Okay. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to cut it short because Frank wants to preach this week. Um, <clears throat> but what we're going to do is, uh, if you've got the rest, go ahead, hang on, and come up by them and uh, get ready to put them on. Because what we're going to do now is we're going to say a pledge. And like I said, we take this very seriously. And uh, as you can tell by what these words say, it's, it's, it's serious business. All right. So you guys are going to repeat after me, kind of like a wedding. No. What are you, Weeblo? What was that, Boy Scouts, right? Okay, ah, that's as far as I All right, so you guys repeat after me. I am compelled by the Spirit of God to unite with... I am compelled by the Spirit of God to unite with... Black Sheep Harley-Davidson's for Christ. Black Sheep Harley-Davidson's for Christ. I understand this is a mission and that I am now a missionary... I understand that this is a mission, and I am a missionary. I understand that hog is our primary mission field. I understand that hog is our primary mission field. But that we will share the love of Christ with any who will listen. We will share the love of Christ with anyone who will listen. I understand this is a ministry in which I serve. I understand this is a ministry for which I serve. And not a club to which I merely belong. And not a club to which I merely belong. I commit, therefore, to be involved and active in my local chapter. I commit, therefore, to be involved in my local chapter. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. I commit to grow daily in my walk with Christ and his word. I commit to grow daily in my walk with Christ and his word. I commit to support and attend my local church regularly. I commit to support and attend my local church regularly. I will submit to my black sheep leaders and pray for them often. I will submit to my black sheep leaders and pray for them often. I will submit to the spirit of our statement of faith and bylaws. I will submit to our statement of faith and our bylaws. I submit. Uh, I commit to speak the truth in love. I commit to speak the truth in love. Forgive when wronged and never participate in gossip or divisive behavior. Forgive, forgive when I am wronged and participate in gossip. Never participate in gossip. Gotcha there, brother. For we are the body of Christ. For we are the body of Christ. I commit to serve. I commit to serve. Sacrifice, give, listen. Sacrifice, give, listen. Love and ride in the name of Christ. Love and ride in the name of Christ. So help me God. So help me God. I am a black sheep. I am a black sheep. Different and set apart for Christ and his kingdom. Different and set apart for Christ and his kingdom. May God give us favor in our mission. May God give us favor in our mission. And keep us safe as we ride. And keep us safe as we ride. 
To him be all the glory. Amen. To him be all the glory. Amen. You guys, you got the vest. Come on, and let's let's put the vest on. Them. One at a time. Yeah, that one's berries. Don't put that one on Don. That's too weird. All right. Congratulations. And the last thing we're going to do is we're going to have Brother Frank come over and pray pray over them as they come in. And remember, these guys. If we're not here on a Sunday, we're just on a mission trip. Okay. Amen. So if y'all want to just kind of extend a hand toward them and let's just pray over these guys. Father God, I do lift up these three to you. Lord, this has been a mission and it is a mission. And they have chosen to come and be a part of this as they ride with a group of people that oftentimes don't know who you are. May they continually, regardless of what the lifestyle may seem around them, present your lifestyle amongst them. And may your light shine upon them in grace and in mercy and safety. And may your light shine through them in the evangelism of sharing the good word with everyone they come in contact with. Father, thank you for these folks who have chosen to use the, the tools you've given them in the, in the, in the presence of motorcycles and, and all those things to go out. And all things can be used for your glory, for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Bless them, ride with them, Lord God, and keep them safe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, that it? Amen. Amen. As they get back to their seats, I'm going to turn it over to Chris in just a moment. But before we do, uh, I was instructed that Brother Bill back there is going to be going into surgery and his daughters would like us to pray for him. So if you would, let's just have one more quick prayer. Father God, I do lift Bill up to you this morning as he is going to be going forth under, under the doctor's witnesses this weekend, this week. I pray that you guide the doctor's thoughts, their actions, the nurse's thoughts and actions. And God, may he leave out of here today knowing that his brothers and sisters are praying for him. And may your will be done in this situation as we continue to pray for him through you. Lord, may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, it has been an honor to work with and get to know uh, Jenna Faith this past week. Uh, we got to do a little thing with her last Sunday, and, uh, and she's going to come share with us um, a new song of hers and a few other songs as well. So if you guys would please welcome Jenna Faith. I'm not the 
best, but I do the best I can. So when I get to feeling down, I just remember whose I am. I'm so thankful for the chance to hit my knees and pray. No matter how far I fall, He never pushes me away. Because of the cross, my soul's never lost. I can change my circumstances. There's no such thing as no my second chances. Most of the world will turn their back, point their fingers, passing blame, as if. Who I was and who I am have to be the same. But I'm allowed to stumble and I'm blessed to be redeemed by the love of the Father who just won't give up on me. I'm so thankful for the chance to hit my knees and pray. No matter how far I fall, He never pushes me away. Because of the cross, my soul's never lost. I can change my circumstances. There's no such thing as no more second chances. Can y'all clap for me? Pushes me away because of the cross. My soul's never lost. I can change my circumstances. There's no such thing. No, there's no such thing as no more second chances. Get it right. I've been known to make mistakes. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back here. There's a lot of familiar faces. There's also a lot of new faces. So for the new faces, I am Jenna Faith. About eight months ago, was it? I was here singing "Shine On." Yeah. So um, I think. Well, I, for those of you who don't know, um, a while back I uh, recorded a song called Shine On, and I recorded it for you guys because I know even though I wasn't personally involved in the tragedy, it affected everybody around us because it was so close. And so when I first heard this song whenever I was in Nashville, I was like, I have to record this song for this church. And so I came back a few months after the tragedy happened because, one, I didn't want to bring the song and people think that I brought it for fame because that's not why I did it. I came and brought this song because it was for you guys and I wanted you to be blessed by it and I wanted y'all to be able to take it in. And so um, 
for those of you who think I look familiar, that's where you saw me. And so, uh, but I want to dedicate my whole, uh, these next few songs, pretty much my whole uh, set to my brother. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, a year ago tomorrow, my best friend passed away in a car accident. <laughs> and it's pretty crazy because a year ago today, I thought that would be the worst day of my life, but it still hurts as much today as it did the day it happened. And, um, you know, it, I could talk all day about him. My brother was a very, very good man. Um, and, you know, I don't over-exaggerate with this when I say it. I don't think me and my brother ever had one argument. We were best friends. We were 10 years apart. Uh, he is supposed to be 27 right now. And, um, you know, I was asked a few months before he passed to be on a hymn CD. And usually my go-to hymn is, uh, is How Great Thou Art. That is my go-to hymn. I sing that everywhere I go. But when I found out it was not public domain, I was not able to do it, and they told me to find another hymn song. And the first song that popped into my head and on my phone whenever I was looking it up was It Is Well. And if you guys don't know the backstory of that song, I highly encourage you, once you get out of church, to do your research on this song because you will know why this is my miracle song. And um, I just, I wanted to bring this song to you guys because this song, you know, it's crazy how much God aligns things for you before they actually happen so he can prepare you and bring you the least pain as possible, least amount of pain as possible. Um, And so I wanted to just share with you guys this song because... This was the song that helped me get through everything. So this is it as well.
song I really hold near and dear to my heart. Um, it's actually a really special story. Uh, for those of you who do know my brother, I also want to shout out, uh, I invited all of Duel's very close friends. And, um, you know, because they were there whenever I couldn't make him laugh, you know, because I was always making him laugh. And you know, I'm funny to him. Anyways, um, but if you guys can see this right here, uh, this is my brother's necklace. Uh, I pretty much carry it everywhere I go, along with his urn. I carry his urn in my purse, which is really, uh, I used to think that it's weird, uh, but I don't think it's weird. I'm like, oh, well, you think I'm weird? Oh, well, like, it's my brother. So um, I, I used to, I had a big urn, like that big, and I actually used to take that everywhere with me. And this guy was, like, looking at me all weird whenever we were stopping at the hotel for the night because I had to sing somewhere the next morning. And I was like, what? It's my dead brother. Like, okay, move on. And so, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And um, I, also, um, I also have a ring with his fingerprint on it. So I get to carry him everywhere I go with me. And um, so this song, this, this song, it's very special to me because um, my brother was probably one of the biggest supporters of my music. And just in general, he was one of my biggest supporters. And um, he, him and his fiance wanted me to sing for their first dance for their wedding. And so I went into Nashville to go write a song. And I go in to write this song. And in seven minutes... I had written a completely different song about him passing away. And this was four weeks before he passed. And, um, you know, I heard this song and I was like, man, this song is really good. But, you know, I personally don't need it, so I'm going to give it to somebody who does. And little did I know four weeks later that this would actually be my miracle song. And um, I went into Nashville a few days before uh, his funeral and I recorded this song. Uh, so I could sing it at his funeral, but um, it wasn't until about a month or two months ago that I thought that I felt like I was emotionally ready to get into a studio and get it done for real the way I wanted it to sound. And so um, this is my miracle song that was written in seven minutes, and this is the way I wanted it to sound. So, uh, And also it says, uh, I also want to add to this, is that um, me and my brother, we were so close that um, I always tell everybody that he took a part of me with him. And I feel like I will never be able to get that back ever. And so um, I'm still handling my feelings every day because, um, you know, there's a part of me that's gone. And how am I supposed to go on when half of my heart is gone, you know? Um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. And that's why I wanted to bring this song. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to sing this song here because um, that my goal for this song is not to just honor my brother, but so people can feel um, the type of pain that I feel and the type of pain that other people feel. And so I thought that this was the perfect place to share this song. And so um, this is I'm Gonna Miss Me. a part of me I'm not sure where I'll start and where you end I can't count the dreams we've shared the laughs we've had the places we have been no it don't make sense goodbyes like this my heart can't begin 
to understand I'm gonna miss me A part of me will always be hanging on I'm gonna miss me I'm gonna miss me Oh, when you're gone I hear heaven's greater than Any feeling that you've ever known that won't stop the tears down here I'm not sure if I can wait that long You're my everything And I believe the best part of me is leaving Leaving when you go again I trust in God he has a plan he's led you to a better place where all your pain is washed away there'll be a hole inside my heart till I get to where you are I love you so and I
Jen up to you right now and she goes back into the world Lord God may you continue to put this grace upon her she has been called to carry a heavy weight at such a young age but yet she's doing it with your grace and this is how she fights her battles by being surrounded by you may she forever lean into your hands and not allow the world to ever pull her astray hold this young lady and may she continue to use the gift you've given her to share your grace in Jesus name amen, amen. thank you honey Amen. And Jenna has a table out front if you would like to help to support her mission and support her as she continues to share in song what God's laid on her heart. Please make sure to stop by her table out there. And if nothing else, give her a hug, pray for her, and let her know that you're going to continue to pray for her. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And while you're turning there, I'm going to ask, uh, Morgan's not here today, and uh, praise God for Tim who stepped in doing everything back there, amen? But as you're turning there, I want you to watch this video that was sent to us this week. And look at the van there in the background. Try to listen to the words, there's an accent, but try to listen. Can you turn it up? Well, it won't play. Morgan came in early and set it up. However, well, Okay. Yeah, they looked happy. If you could have watched the video, let me just kind of kind of share the video with you. That is the van that you guys voted on to present to the orphanage in Uganda. And if you could have seen the video, all those kids are outside the van, they're dancing around, they're happy, and they're saying, thank you, Jesus. And then you get to this part where they're in the back of the van... And the kids are saying, amen, thank you, Jesus. And the caretakers are really thankful. Their heart is open and, and they're thanking us. And these kids are excited. The caretakers are excited. And they're saying, thank you that we have a way to transport the kids to the hospital now. And, and there's just incredible thankfulness and joy for the van that you guys provided for them. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, as we, as you think about that, and, I, and like I said, I wish you could have seen it, but these kids are excited. They're happy. The caretakers are excited. They're happy. I want to, I want to share with you 
this morning, that start this off after the video, a portion of a sermon that Dr. Luther King presented back in 1956. And when he did so, in this sermon, he wrote this piece, he wrote the sermon, he wrote this piece, but he presented it to the church as if Paul had written it. The Apostle Paul had written it to the church in America. And Dr. King applies this, this, this well-known thoughts of Paul out of the book of Ephesians and other places to you and I today. Now, I want us to hear this today. Again, Dr. King wrote it, but pretend, you can even close your eyes if you want, but pretend that Paul is speaking to the church. Now, I'm going to share this with you this morning. But let me rush on and say something about the church. I must say to you once more, as I have said so often before, that the church is the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, there can be no division. In the body of Christ, there can be no disunity. But I am disturbed about America and what is happening there concerning the body of Christ. They tell me that in America you have Protestantism, more than 256 denominations. And the tragedy in America is not so much that you have more than 256 denominations, but the fact that all these denominations are warring against each other and trying to make it appear that they all have only one truth. And oh, this narrow sectarianism, this narrow denominationalism is destroying the unity of the church. America, you must come to see that God is not a Baptist, that God is not a Methodist, that God is not Episcopalian. God is bigger than any of our denominations. You must come to see, America, that all of these things were man-made. As I look at Roman Catholicism, I'm disturbed about that. Because it stands out also with an arrogance which becomes a spiritual arrogance. Making it appear to the world that they have the only truth. Standing with its noble Pope, almost taking the place of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when he speaks ex cathedra, he becomes infallible. I'm disturbed about any earthly creation that tends to claim infallibility. I'm disturbed about any church that refuses to cooperate with other churches with the pretense that if they are the only true church. The problem is so prevalent in the church that is destroying the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, there can be no division and no disunity. But America, another thing disturbs me about your church. You have a Negro church and you have a white church. Oh, America, that is quite disturbing, for that cannot exist within the true body of Christ. How did that thing ever get to be that way anyway? You've allowed segregation to come into the church, America. Oh, how tragic when you stand up on Sunday morning to sing in Christ, there is no east or west. Isn't it tragic that you stand in the most segregated hour of your Christian nation? They tell me there is no more integration in sports arenas and nightclubs than there is in the Christian church. Oh, how tragic that is. How appalling that is. They tell me that there are even Christians among you who try to justify segregation on the basis of the Bible. They try to argue that the Negro is inferior by nature because of the Noah's curse upon the children of Ham. Oh, my friends. Oh, America. This is blasphemy. This is against everything that the Christian religion stands for. And this is against the will of the Almighty God. Folks, that was preached a little over 60 years ago. And I think that secular society listened to that message better than many of the churches and started a process that many churches have chosen not to partake in. And when I say that, I'm not saying there's institutionalized segregation, but we, which is even worse in my opinion, have chosen oftentimes to segregate ourselves. 
And I'm not, I'm not holding this to one color or another, but we all are guilty. I'm afraid that the church of God has turned a deaf ear in many places when it comes to how we are supposed to gather when we come to his house. Amen? And I think we're all at fault in one way or another. All of us are partially culpable, if you will, for this, this, this perpetuation of segregation that's continuing on in the church, even though we've had over 2,000 years to study the scripture and see what Jesus Christ has had to say about all mankind. And I'm not, again, I'm not specifically speaking to one color or another. All of us, guys. And yes, we have our reasons. I hear them all the time. Well, these people are different than these people. They don't want to integrate anyway. Or, or people don't like to cross racial barriers when it comes to Christianity. We, we wouldn't be able to anyway. They're culturally different. There's all kinds of excuses that we tend to throw out there. And those kinds of statements have been being thrown out there for an incredibly long time. And Paul had to deal with that as well. Now, I'm sharing this message with you this morning... Because I've had to, and I had to pray, was this of me or was this of the Lord? Because I'll be honest with you, I got incredibly angry just this past week. Not one, not two, but three different conversations I had to have because of this video I wish you could have seen. And in this video, like I said, those kids are excited, they are happy, and and it's a beautiful video of happy, excited children singing and praising God while their caretakers are are thankful and, and praising God, and it's an incredibly beautiful video that I hope you will go online and go and see. There's three of them, or two videos and some pictures. But I had conversations, and praise God, not out of this church body, but I had conversations Why wouldn't I take care of my own kind here in the States before I sent money across the seas? And then from the other side of that fence, I had conversations. Why are you making my people your token people? And I was was utterly amazed by the conversation. And I I was infuriated by what they were saying. And folks, let me tell you this morning that I was able to stand and I stood with a a righteous pride, if you will. And I looked at, at well, I didn't look because this was all done by the internet, but I was able to, to speak forth that I was so incredibly thankful that here in our church in Sutherland Springs, we could care less, we couldn't care less about the color of somebody's skin. <laughs> that we could care less about their bank account. We couldn't care less about their education level. We could care less about what they considered their race. That all we care about in Sutherland Springs is whether or not they worship God or not. Do they know Jesus Christ or do they not? That's all that matters. Now you may be thinking, well, pastor, why would you preach this in here? One, we all need to hear something here. And I I hope that right now that we will listen to whatever it is God's speaking to our hearts. And if they're watching by the live feed or if it's going to go out later, whatever, I want everyone to know that that was not Jesus' intention to build a wall. When I look out here right now, I see white folks, I see black folks, I see see, uh, Hispanic folks. I see people coming together, praise God. And we are here, every single one of us, and I praise God. And regardless of race, color, ethnicity, I can say to all of you and to everyone else, my God died so that all men can have salvation, not one or another. 
He said, whomsoever, whomsoever will profess that I am the son of God and I rose again on the third day, so shall they be saved. When we start segregating ourselves, whether it be segregationally from a church head or whether we do it by choice, when we start thinking that we are the only church, we are wrong. That is not God's teaching. Sadly, this morning, there are those who will, will say that they are Christians and they will even give great lip service to, a, to an enlightened state of mind. But let me share with you today, it takes more than our words to put forth what God tells us to do. It takes more than our words, it takes action. And oftentimes I'm afraid that so many people fail miserably. Oh, we'll say the right thing, but then we go out and we act completely differently. Folks, that we as people need to quit relying on what we think we should do and how we think we should act and get back to relying on what God's word said and what his Holy Spirit tells us and start acting and being and doing what God tells us to do. For if we did, there would not be this segregation anymore. Now, before you say, well, this message really isn't for me, I want you to open your heart. Listen this morning, what what is Christ saying to us? And listen to what, there may be something inside us we need to hear, or maybe there's something that he's going to tell us that we can take away from here and share with our brother, our sister, our neighbor, our coworker, whomever it may be. But there may be something that God is laying on your heart to listen to today. Don't just walk and say, well, that's not me. We all are fallible. Every single one of us. If you think because I'm the pastor of the church that I've got it all going on, you're sadly mistaken. Only God has it all right. And because he has it all right, I want to share what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus... You who are far away have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. For he is our peace. Who listened to this. Who made both groups. He's speaking to the Gentiles and the Jews. Two different races of people. For he is our peace who made both groups one. And tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh he did away with the laws of the commandments and regulations. So that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross and put the hostility to death by it. When Christ came, he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints. And members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is being fitted together in him and is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Hallelujah. Folks, the apostle here is referring to to the destruction of the walls that kept the Jews and the Gentiles apart. He is telling you and I, and he's speaking to the world, and he's speaking, Paul is speaking to the Ephesians right here, and he's saying there was that time where the Jews and the Gentiles, they would go to the same church, but the Gentiles could only go so far. 
They could come in and worship, but they had to hang out in the outer courts over here while the Jews could go into this part of the church, which was considered more holy. And there was a wall that separated them. And no matter what the, the, the Gentiles, no matter how godly they may act, the Jews said, no, nah, we've got special rights. There's a wall that's built between us here. And what Paul is telling us here in Ephesians, he said that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, those divisions, those walls, those segregations, whatever word you want to put there, were torn down by the blood of Jesus. And that there is no more separation of this church and that church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We need to quit looking at anything else and start saying, I am better than or I, am, I am, have more entitlement than. It is not. None of us, none of us can ever enter, enter into glory without the blood of Jesus Christ. We are all sinners saved by grace, whether you're the Pope in Rome or whether you're this person out here in the middle of nowhere, Sutherland Springs. The only way to get into heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood does not care what color your skin is. Only through Jesus. Paul is telling us that two radically, racially different sets of people had been reconciled and brought together as one new man through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To say otherwise, to try to present it otherwise, to try to sound holier than thou in any other way, It's to rip these pages right out of your Bible. And if you're going to start ripping pages out of your Bible, why not rip out whatever else you don't like either? For this is more than a book. It's the Holy Spirit of God. So brothers and sisters, we need to understand that regardless of our varied traditional ideologies regardless of our cultural differences regardless of our racial differences regardless of 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 this kind of music or that kind of music regardless of the color of our skin the money in our bank account whatever it is all those things whatever you want to put out there that that might segregate you from this group or that group rich, rich folk to poor folk black folk to white folk to yellow folk whatever however you want to do all those segregations god said enough is enough i died for you And because I died for you, I went up on that cross. And my blood, which was perfect and precious, I didn't delineate for this person and that person. I didn't leave a will to this sect of people or that sect of people. I said, whomsoever. Whomsoever. We as a church... And when I say that, I'm not talking about this building of people right here. I'm saying the church of Jesus Christ. All who honestly and truly profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we must stop any detrimental work that's happening by the separation in the body of a Christ and allow ourselves to come back together just as Jesus told us that we are to do. Christ has put it forth for you and I. How we continue to, to, to support or be a part of any kind of segregation within God's house makes absolutely no sense. We need to heed God's word. We need to heed God's messengers. The message is short this morning, but very powerful and very poignant for this reason. The Apostle Paul preached this over 2,000 years ago. 
Martin Luther King was over 60 years ago and there's many others who have preached this message. And when we hear it and we read it right here in God's word and we know it, but yet we continue. Just as in the days of old, when, when, when God spoke through his messengers, when he, when he gave the people, the disobedient, rebellious people, the word of God, they had to make a choice. They had to make a decision. Sure, God could just flip a switch and you, you change your thinking, but he gave us free will. And he said, within that free will, you're to follow my word. And what is in my word? I died so that all men can have life and have it more abundantly. I died so that whomsoever believe in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We can listen and repent of our wickedness, repent of those thoughts or this, that, or the other, and begin to make those positive changes in our lives. Begin to, to, to step out to build unity and strength within the, the body of Jesus Christ. And when we do, he, he, is, he will bless us beyond our comprehension. We can choose to do that. We, you know, we're studying Daniel in the mornings and Ezekiel in the evenings. And we can see both sides of that decision. We can do that and be incredibly blessed. Or we can continue to go down in rebellion. But let me make sure we understand. If we continue to maintain our comfort zones that are, that are alienated by our walls, our, our personal preferences, our tradition, our pride, our racism, our apathy, whatever, our hard-heartedness, whatever it is that's building those walls around the church in your life. I'm not talking about this building. I'm not talking about this group of people now. I want us each one individually to look into our hearts. And if there are walls that are being presented there, whether it be by pride or whatever it is, whatever those walls are in your heart, if you choose to continue to segregate yourself from some other group of people, Understand that when you do, just as in the days of old, God is willing and ready to exercise that righteous judgment upon those people. And we will receive the punishment that we deserve. God did not give me, nor you, nor anyone else to the ability to pick and choose who gets into heaven. He said, As he looked down on the cross, from the cross, I mean, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our nation and and, and all our precious churches will suffer the the, the persecution and ultimate destruction if we continue to choose to do things in our way rather than his way. When I get these calls and, and... and, and I'll have to be honest with you too. At first, I think it was a, an infuriation. Uh, it was a manly thing. I, I, at first, I had that, how dare they? From both sides. And I did. I had to go to the Lord and pray about it. But then I thought, and what I felt in my heart was God say, how dare they? At that moment in time, I felt, this is what I'm supposed to preach, isn't it? And God laid this on me, my word. In fact, Sherry said, are you going to bed? I said, oh no, my fingers are flying. <laughs> and it, it's kind of like, it was just there. God just told me to go to Ephesians 2. We had just heard a sermon earlier that had a, a great uh, illustration earlier in the week. And there was just so much that was coming. 
God said that he died so that all can have life and have it more abundantly. We as a people group, we as a, a, a people have chosen Jesus Christ to follow him in all that we see and do, need to choose to give our hearts completely over to him and acknowledge the fact that our spiritual condition relies upon how closely we choose to adhere to God. For folks, we are not to judge people by the color of their skin. We're not to judge people by what part of the world they come from. We're not to judge people by the music they may be listening to. We're not to judge people by the car they drive or the clothes they wear. (coughs) And praise God, we don't have to judge them by how good they sing or not. We have to understand that the judgment that we are to present, the only judgment that we can present is do these people know Jesus Christ or not and even then only God truly knows but we are to seek out the lost and make them the found we are to go to those that are in the highways and the byways and share with them how they can be saved and brought back into a group what we look for folks is not the same kind of color or denomination or whatever it may be when we go out into the world we should be going out into the world and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ these black sheep that were up here earlier I guarantee you we ride into places that a lot of y'all would be incredibly not wanting to go we go to some club meetings where all the clubs in the area all the biker groups come together and, and some people might be a little afraid to even park in the parking lot but you know what God cares and loves every one of those people that are in there And some of us, maybe not you, but some of us, he's called to go in there and share the gospel. Has nothing to do with what colors they're wearing on their back, what color is their skin. It has all to do with the color of that blood that shed on that cross over 2,000 years ago. Anyone that knows me or has gone to lunch with me, knows that I love mayonnaise. If I get a sandwich or a hamburger, I always ask for extra mayonnaise. If I go to Whataburger, I say put it on both sides because they got a button that says they'll put it on both sides for you. I can tell you everything about Whataburger's thing. But anyway, I like mayonnaise. (laughs) But you know what? Mayonnaise shouldn't exist. You know why mayonnaise shouldn't exist? Mayonnaise is made out of oil and water. And when you have oil and water, if you've never noticed, they don't like each other. Oil and water, they fight each other. If you pour them both into the same pan, you'll see all kinds of cute swirls and stuff. Because it's not going to mix. Finally, one will float on top of the other one. But they're not going to mix. Oil says, no, I have nothing to do with water. Water, You know, you, you just stay on your side of the pot. Water said, you know what, I don't like you either. And you just stay over there. Oil and water will not mix no matter what you try to shake it up and do all these things. Now, if I have any organic chemists in here, you know there's a thing called an emulsifier. And what does an emulsifier do? An emulsifier steps into the middle of them. Now, in mayonnaise, the emulsifier is an egg. And what it says, it looks over to the oil and it says, oil. I know you don't like water. Quit looking over there. Look at me. Yeah, but I still don't like water. I know. I know you don't like water. But here's what I want you to do, oil. I want you to focus everything you have on me. 
I want you to look at me. With everything you are, I want you to just come to me. And then that egg will look over at the water. And that water says, no, I'm not, not me. He says, no, I know you don't like oil, but quit focusing on the oil. I don't want to. Oil's all over the place. I don't want to mix with oil. I'm telling you, quit looking at the oil and look at me. And the water will start focusing on that egg. And before you know it, the water is drawn to it. So you have the oil focusing on the egg and you have the water focusing on the egg and pretty soon it all mixes together and you have this incredibly delicious treat called mayonnaise. (laughs) Amen. I would submit to you this morning that when Christ says, look unto me, die to self and look to me on a daily basis, you look to me And I don't care what color these other people are. You quit looking at that. You quit looking at their bank. You look to me. And as we look to him, and they look to him, and this person looks to him, and this other person looks to him, and pretty soon the blood of Christ is the emulsifier, and what you get is this beautiful concoction that Jesus Christ called the church. And that is where we need to continue to roll. It's the church that God is coming back for. Not this color or that color, this denomination or that denomination. It's not this financial bracket or that financial bracket. Jesus is looking for the church. And we need to make sure that we're part of the church. If you're just out here and you say, yeah, I know that emulsifier. I know of Jesus, but I'm not focusing on him because I'll have to get with them other ones. You're not part of the church. And one day he's going to return. Or you're going to die and you're going to stand in his presence. And you're going to say, but brother, I saw you over there. I, I, I sang songs. I did all this kind of stuff. But you never focused on me. But I sang songs about you. But you never focused on me. I saw you too. But you never became part of the church. Folks, being a member of this church does not save you. You can still be sitting in this camp or that camp and have a membership in the church and sing in the band and mow the yard and clean the shingles, whatever you want to call it. You're not a part of his church until you make him your emulsifier, your savior, your sacrifice. This morning... If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're still floating around out there. You're still bouncing all over the things. You've got anger and you're mad at this person and that person. You may have this and that. We sing at Christmas about the Prince of Peace. We sing about the peace that surpasses all understanding. We sing all about peace, but then we wonder why we don't have it. You know why you don't have it? Because you need to quit standing out there singing about it and come in and be a part of it. And you do that by looking to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner in need of your grace. For Frank can't get me there. Sherry can't get me there. The black sheep can't get me there. Jenna's music is heavenly, but it can't get you there. The only thing that will get you there is to focus on him and say, Lord, I need your mercy, your grace to cleanse me and make me whole. If you're here this morning and you don't know that grace, I pray that you'll make that 
decision today. For he said, I tore down the walls so that whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish. You can come unto him today. If you do know him as your Lord and Savior and you realize you still got some of them walls built up around you, and sometimes God's protecting you. Hedges of protection might be good, but you better make sure they're of God and not of you. Because God didn't say kick back in our easy chair and take a, take a nice ride. He said, you're going to have 70, 80, 90 years. It might be a little difficult. In fact, he said, if they've persecuted me, so much more shall they persecute you. But peace comes in the midst of the persecution when I realize that the world is a scary place, Jesus said. But be of good cheer. Why? For I have defeated the world. The victory is yours. Amen. This morning, whatever God's laid on your heart, I pray that you will listen. If you're here today and you say, well, pastor, I don't have any walls in my heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's be the church and go out and bring other people in. Which means you don't pick and choose who you go and talk to. You start talking to whoever God says go and talk to. And expand your mission field the way he tells you. It's time for the church. 2,000 years since Paul penned those words and we're still there. 60 plus years since... Martin Luther King wrote that, and you are still there. And it's even worse because we're choosing to do it now. Let's stop choosing what the world says, and let's just be what God's called us to be. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If God's speaking to you this morning, this altar is open. I'd love to come and, and, and pray with you. If, you, if you, this is the first time you've ever accepted Christ, you say, brother, it's time. Hallelujah. Or if you're here today and God's dealing with your heart and you want to come to these stairs, please do. You don't have to pray with me or, or brother Ray. You can pray right where you're at. Or if you want to come to the stairs, if you want to come to one of us, you want to go to brother David, whatever it may be. But let's leave out of here today knowing that we know that we know that we just don't have a church membership. We're a part of the church of Jesus Christ. My black sheep brothers and sisters that are here, they go to different churches, many of them. But isn't it great that we can come together on Sunday morning and I know they're in a church somewhere. And God can work through them wherever they may be. And it may be on the back of a bike at a campground working with a bunch of people you don't think's the church. But the church is within them. And they're taking the church to them. Let's be what God's called us to be. Father God, I come before you this morning and I do thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together in your place. And God, I do pray for those who spoke against that video. Only you, you said that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, so I put them completely in your hands. May you save them. May you wash them and may they feel your presence. But God, I leave that completely into your hands. For most of all, you desire them to be saved. You told us through Peter that the whole reason why you tarry is so that all man has the opportunity. All man has the opportunity to hear your word because you desire that none should perish. No, not one. So God, I lay this, uh, this service into your hands. May the words that have been brought forth go to whomever they need to go to and move in the way they need to move. And may we all leave out of here today knowing that we know we've stood in your presence and may your will be done in the hearts of your people. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray.
Amen. Amen. As Chris leads us, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If He's telling you to come to the altar, come to the altar. But let's do what God tells us to do.
when your focus is on Jesus Christ. Amen.
Check, check, check.